You're listening to another episode of A Lady and Some Dudes Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of A Lady and Some Dudes Podcast. We are so excited today. Um, We have a very special guest, Nurse Noelle. Um, she will be telling us a little bit about her story. Um, we are super excited, so let's jump in. Just as a preliminary, Nurse Noel um, is a nurse, hence the name. Um, she has been in the field for at least 20 years. Um, I need to ask her how because she looks very, very, very young. Um, but we are super excited to have her and I'm going to turn it over to her. We want to hear about her, her background, um, and a little bit about what she does. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. Um, so I'm really excited, elated to be here. And, um, so let me just start from the beginning. My, um, my name is nurse Noel. I am a nurse. I been a nurse for 24 years and, I've, uh, but in between I've been doing other stuff. So I've been a nurse for 24 years, but just doing, you know, additional things in between um, in the entertainment industry. And a few years ago, maybe about 10 years ago, a friend kind of said, you know what, maybe you should merge your entertainment background with your nursing background and health entertainment was born. And then I, um, I went from Anthea the nurse to nurse, no- Anthea Noel, the nurse to nurse Noel. And it, it kind of works it, and it's stuck. <laughs> um, let me see, I've been, I just, I just started, I just actually did a pivot and started doing sports entertainment sport and sports entertainment and health. So it's, it's kind of, um, it's kind of dope. I like it. I, I love sports. I love any, well, I love basketball. <laughs> Let me just start. I love basketball. So I can um I can talk to I can talk anybody under the table. I think I'm a referee. I think I can be a referee. But um it's um it's it's quite it's it's, it's it was a journey. It was a it was a long journey. I don't know if you want to hear the whole story now or if you want me to like cut it up because it's um it's a lot. <laughs> okay. Well tell us, you know, I'm super interested. You mentioned that you made the pivot into sports and entertainment recently. Um, tell our listeners a little bit about that and what are you doing in that space? Okay, so I always I always was in entertainment since the 90s. I was a writer. I wrote for, um, for a major record label and I played the piano. So I, um, I wrote in the 90s back before we knew anything about publishing, back before we knew anything about residuals. I was writing, you know, um, kind of like a per diem. So whatever I, whenever I wrote or whenever I transposed, before they had those programs where you can play and then um, someone would come and write the note, actual, the actual score, that's what I did. So now Apple, you know, they have these, pro- um, these programs that once, once you play, it comes up on the screen automatically, but back then they didn't. So I was the one that came in and they would write a chord, I would write B7. C minor, C major, like that was that was my job, and I did that for a major hip hop label, um, who I really don't talk about, but <laughs> I started doing that, and um, it's a major 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 label, and I also did poetry for uh, Deaf Comedy Jam, so I opened up for them, 
And it's funny that I was talking to one of the comedians, um, Mike Epps, and I, I used to get $25 a show from them. And um, he was the one who told me, Anthea, you are horrible. <laughs> you need to stop. Like you need to stop doing poetry altogether. You need to just stick to writing. You're not a performer. And I took that to heart and it was either get better or, or stop. And I kind of, um, I stopped. I, I didn't want to do that anymore. Um, but that set the stage for what I'm doing now. So um, fast forward to, let me see, 2011, my fiance who was working at Def Jam um, died, um, colon cancer. And when he died, he, it kind of shook up the industry. So everybody started getting colonoscopies, Noriega, um, Buster Rhymes, like everybody was like, like super scared because, you know, they're like, he was 43 and he died. Um, I think back in, he died in 2011. He was 43 in 2011. And everybody said, you know what, we have to, um, you know, kind of got the industry more health conscious, more health conscious. So um, a, a good friend of mine, Bevy Smith, she said, Anthea, whatever you're doing, health and entertainment need to be in one. And um, Nurse Noel was born, and then I, I got the Dr. Oz show. So I started working with Dr. Oz. And that, that led to so many different doors opening. I was so thankful. And I was talking to my manager at the time, Pastor Andre Campbell, um, who I grew up with. Um, Dre and I, um, Dre, Dre's father was my pastor, and he ended up being my pastor. And he was my manager. And I told him, I said, you know, I, I think that we have this, this health message that um, nobody really is, that we don't want to share with other people. Like we, you know, it's in our church. It's in our, like we have it and we don't want to push it out. So I think that I'm going to be the, um, the little conduit to get it out to the masses. Um, so I started doing, you know, the breakfast club. I started doing Sway in the morning, more entertainment based um, things, um, less out of the church and more into the mainstream, like hip hop and more mainstream television. And it worked, it worked. Um, I told, um, I spoke to Devon Franklin and I told him what I was doing. I told him what I wanted to do. And um, he gave me his blessing. He was like, do it, you know, whatever you want to do, do it. You know, because sometimes the, the, the church didn't want to, um, you know, with licensing and all of that stuff, but um, it's the message and it's our message. And if we didn't claim it and we didn't use it, then it would be taken away from us, which we're seeing now. So, yeah. So true. <laughs> so I wanted, no well. Yeah, I wanted to give you a chance to talk because I was like, I could talk forever. <laughs> <laughs> There's Noel. Um, seeing how you brought it to the hip hop industry, how did that open doors for you to get into the NBA industry? Oh, okay. So, whew, all right. So, the Breakfast Club was probably the biggest hip hop like in the in our community that was the biggest um platform that i had at the time uh bigger than dr oz to be honest with you because it was touching a lot of young people the young hip hop generation the, the the millennials the gen z's and um how did i get into sports so i i've been trying to get to work with the nba for years and i'm going to let you know the nba is tiktok the game is locked they will not they do not let people infiltrate their, their little circle 
at all. I mean, for years I've been trying. I mean, I know people who work there. I know um, a lot of the executives. Um, I used to work with the, um, you know, contract work with the um, NBA Cares during All-Star, but I just could not infiltrate it. The female quotient is a, is a, um, is a company headed by Shelly Zalas, who, um, who hired me as a consultant, as a health consultant. And she said, you know what, we're doing our first black, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm the only black consultant they have, but she's like, we're doing our first black um, event and it's NBA All-Star and we want you to do the health and wellness part. And that was in Charlotte. And so that turned into, um, I created something called the NBA Has Heart. And the NBA Has Heart is basically cardiovascular month. Um, this is a little heart pillow. <laughs> um, cardiovascular month is in February, heart month and national heart month. And so I was teaching two pointer CPR, which is two, two pointers. The first point is you call 911. The second point is you start compressions. I was teaching smoke cessation, you know, teaching people how to stop smoking, diet and exercise and stress reduction. So that's, um, and Adam Silva loved it. You know, um, we had an incident where one of the security guards from the NBA passed out and I had to do CPR on them in Charlotte um, for NBA All-Star. And it was, um, I mean, he, he survived, but they realized how important that was, you know, how important it was to bring something like that to the NBA. So the Atlanta Hawks hired me to do their health initiative. And then the, and then the Denver, I mean, not the Denver, um, Dallas, Dallas Mavericks hired me. So it just started, it was like a snowball effect. Um, just doing health and initiative, health and wellness initiatives in the NBA and um, hopefully turning that into a full-time job. Wow, that's really, it sounds like you've been through a, a journey and reading your bio and meshing the two. And it's ne never hard to, it's not easy trying to mesh the two and you seem to have done it. So my question is, North Noel, where do you see yourself in the next few years with this unique, very unique, probably one in a billion type of skills you have meshing healthcare and mm -hmm. sports together in a way that saves lives? So... Initially, I wanted to just do like the, what should I say? Um, I wanted to be the, the talent. I wanted to be the nurse Noel to the Dr. Oz. That, I wanted to be that person. That's who I wanted to be. And I, I had an epiphany. <laughs> I just, I changed again. And I said, you know what? Instead of me doing that, I can be um, more of an executive on executive level. And I want to be the first chief health and wellness officer for a major league sports, um, for major league sports. And that's what I want. So I can be able to hire people to bring in. Um, I have five pillars of health, financial health, dental health, mental health, physiological health, and physical health. And I can like spread out, you know, spread the wealth out, get people to come in and, and do, um, do what they do. So it's, um, you know, instead of me doing everything, I can get, you know, it, it can be a little broader. So that's my goal. <laughs> I really love that. Um, focusing in on, you mentioned you're working with the Hawks and you mentioned that you're working with um, the Dallas Mavericks. So is your health focus more so just generally across the board? Is it more geared towards the team or, you know, like who is kind of like the beneficiary of the initiative? Okay, so the initiatives are, initially are um, primarily for the fans. 
So it's a community-based program. So with the Hawks, we did something called the Hawks Helpers, where we targeted the elderly population. And with the elderly population, we did more um, blood pressure screening, stroke screening, speech and swallow, things of that nature. So that we could, um, you know, because they're the forgotten, they're the forgotten generation. People forget Absolutely. about the old people. Um, the Dallas, so you look at the demographics of the, mm -hmm. the certain team and the certain town that they're in and what is hidden, what is, um, what would be beneficial to them. H AIDS and HIV is very, very, um, it's prevalent in Atlanta. So we would do a program with AIDS and HIV, whereas Dallas, it might be more um, sedentary um, lifestyle and uh, moving, you know, just cardiovascular health, just, you know, their, their diets, you know, down, you know, and, and everything is, is bigger and better in, yeah. in Texas. So, you know, <laughs> so it's better to do, um, you know, so we would hit that, that demographic. But if I do it for the league, mm -hmm. I, it would be like a general thing. It wouldn't be so specialized to each team because it's a lot. It's 30 teams. It's 30 teams. It is. Absolutely. 30 teams. But I love that. I love, love, love basketball. We're coming back the 22nd. And hopefully we can, um, hopefully they, they can get the ball moving and I can just, um, you know, move in, move. Move in. <laughs> I have my bags packed already. <laughs> That's right. I'm with you on that. <laughs> um, so kind of thinking about this whole COVID-19, I mean, right now you're in the front lines. I mean, crazy thing, when we read your bio, you were there for at ground zero for 9-11, but now you are, are front lines of COVID-19. Mm -hmm. You know, NBA is the only league that successfully did it in the bubble with no COVID cases. Mm. Now, what is going to happen? How can they best protect? And from your perspective, imagine you are in that position you say you're going to be in in 10 years. From your perspective, if you are uh, planning for the league to go back in, in, in active with COVID-19 still going on, how would you best protect the players and the organizations, personnel? Okay, so let me see. The um, Okay, so the bubble was successful. However, there's a second wave. So this is what we're looking at now. We're looking at a second wave. We're, um, we're actually in the second wave in the, um, the, Northeast, the Northeast area. I don't know if moving back to December 22nd would be the wisest thing, personally. But I do understand from an economic point of point, they are losing a lot of money. They are, they, they, they lost a lot of money, their sponsors, their um, partners, you know, they're losing a lot of fans. They hired a chief fan retention officer. Like they're hiring people just to keep people's attention because people are, are losing attention to, to basketball. Um, it's, um, how, how would you do it? The bubble was expensive from what I, what I, um, from what I was told, it was really expensive but it, um, it kept them safe. So like with the NFL and with the NHL, you had um, people, you know, players coming, you know, players testing positive all the time. The NBA kept it, kept it safe. However, I don't think, I don't know how they would be able to keep it safe if they were out of the bubble, which is what they're probably um, trying to plan right now. Because it's not, it's not, um, because we're in the middle where, New York, New Jersey alone, our numbers are going up every every day. 
every day. Um, I'm actually getting a COVID test tomorrow because um, it's, it's scary. It's a scary thing. But how would they also, they do have a, um, they have a doctor, black doctor from Stanford um, who is in charge of all of the COVID, you know, all of that. Like he does all, all of the COVID um, education. He's the one that keeps the ball running. And so he would be in charge of that. My, my job would be to do more health initiatives for the, for the, um, for the public. So I would be focusing more on mental health, keeping, um, keeping safe at home, doing exercising at home, eating, making sure that they're healthy because people are neglecting doctors. So making sure people are keeping healthy so that they can, um, you know, take care of their children, take care of themselves. So it would not be on, fo I wouldn't be focused on, on COVID. I would be focused on more community health. So. Yeah. Nurse Noel, you stated that you're a big basketball fan. Mm -hmm. and, and I'm interested to hear who's your team and, mm. and where you think they're going to go. I don't have a team. What? <laughs> um, I don't. I, I don't have to New York because you can't claim them because they're a trash organization. <laughs> I, I Stop don't. It. I've always been a Knicks fan, but. It's uh, okay. Me too. <laughs> but I, I don't like them. Basketball now to me. Mm -hmm. It's a little, it's different. It's a lot different. So I grew up in the, as you, as you know, I grew up in the nineties era. So nineties basketball, two thousands um, basketball. More, yeah. More pound push inside. Yeah. It's a big man. Head, and, hand checking. Check like, yeah. yeah. That, that was, you know, um, hard fouls. Like it, that was, that was my era. So it's a little, this, this whole little team, you know, a, a, a smaller team shooting on the perimeter, big men shooting, um, no D, people, you know, team scoring over 100. I'm not used to that. I don't know if I, I you know, I just watch the old, the old games. <laughs> I just watch I am, look, I'm with you on that. 90s, 2000s, that's our mm -hmm. era. Um, you know, the only big man or tall person that I like to see shooting is Kevin Durant. Everyone oh. else is just, eh. you know, so and I, I understand. And I don't think he should be shooting. I mean, that, <laughs> I think he should, you know, I think they're, they're not training these guys to, but it's a, it's a much smaller game. And, and mm -hmm. the NBA has, has catered to the fans now. So now it's a fan, like it's a fan-based game, bringing in new fans. So that's, that was the whole goal, to bring in new fans, to bring in fans who didn't like basketball before, you know, so people want to see shooting. They want to see, you know, um, fancy dribbling. They don't want to see, you know, big man in the paint. They don't want, you know, people don't want to see that. Mm -hmm. You know, I want to see um, PJ Brown flip um, <laughs> Charlie Ward on the foul line. I want to, I want to see that type of stuff. Oh yeah, that, that era is long long gone like mm -hmm. if, if you even look at certain players now too long I mean it's a foul yeah, like it's very very soft huh yeah, I, James Harden that's what I was about <laughs> to say I was going to say I, I was going to say James Harden is, you know if he's not fouling if he's not um calling a foul then he's walking like it's it, it just seems very um I don't know I, but I do I I like the organization so mm -hmm. I love the NBA. Mm -hmm. I, I love the NBA. I'm, I might not love what they're doing on the court too much, but I love the NBA. Cool. Cool. And um, you mentioned that you reside in New Jersey. Is that correct? I do. I'm in Jersey. Okay. 
So I just want to shift gears. Like this is my personal bias. So I read that you work with the Essex County Prosecutor's Office, mm-hmm. and like I'm, I'm, I'm assuming dealing with um, sets cases. Yes. So I. I'm on hiatus now because it's too much, mm-hmm. but um, I'm a sexual assault nurse examiner and I go in and I do all the rape kits. We just do data collection for rape, case, rape cases. Um, yeah, so it's not, um, so we do all, you know, anything that you see in CSI, anything that you see like the blue light, you know, taking samples from under the fingernails, pelvic exams, things like that. That's what we do. Um, nice. So I was a sexual assault survivor. I am a sexual assault survivor. Um, when I was 23, I was sexually assaulted and I, um, it was like a, it was a date rape and I um, suppressed it for years. And um, it was very cathartic for me to go back and um, actually take the courses at um, Rutgers University to become a sexual assault nurse examiner, which we call a SANE, we're a SANE. Right, right. And, um, yeah, so it's it's nice. I I mean I like it. I'm able to connect with the um the survivors, not only women. We see men too, mm-hmm. and um, it's from ages 13 and up. So we go wow. as young as 13. So I I really love this interview because I feel like we're getting a full glimpse. Like you're not one dimensional, even within um your field. It seems like you touch a lot of areas from um, sexual assault, community health. Um, It seems like there's a mental health um, component as well. And so what area um, do you resonate with the most? Physiological health, anything like cardiovascular, pulmonary, um, kidneys, like so the, the basic internal medicine type thing. That's what I do, but I love to do it in the community. So that's mm-hmm. my, that's my, my go-to. I'm going to always love the community health part of it because I think that community, um, you know, it starts with primary prevention. It starts with, you know, um, knowing first, you know, it's not about the screening, it's about preventing. So if, you know, if I tell you that if you eat beets, every day or if you juice one a half a beat a day it'll bring down your blood pressure then we wouldn't have to put you on blood pressure medication so those type of um educational things with the public um we talk to kids about vaping you know is very um which is big and pills which is so big because you you have a whole rap community who's rapping about pills every other song so like things like that um they're not seeing kids are not seeing um, other children in emergency rooms with strokes from taking ecstasy, or they don't see them, you know, brain dead because of popping perks. Like they don't see that. So that's, that's, those are the messages that I want to resonate, you know, resonated in the community. And it's easier to use sports and entertainment to get my message across than it is for me to just tell them. Absolutely. Yeah. Yo, Nurse Noel, you just, preach the whole sermon uh just just we could we, we talked about this kind of last podcast episode the power of the black athletes platform mm. uh so you kind of just that that resonated with what you're saying resonated with me in a very vital way the platform's always important um but um listening to this interview has just been kind of just like amazing because um your your life seems to be like a, a lifetime movie 
Because oh. like, you're, you're, you're a two-time cancer survivor? Mm-hmm. One time. One time, one time. Colon, colon cancer. I am a cancer survivor. Okay. Um, sexual assault survivor. Okay. Sexual assault. I, I guess I thought I heard you say you breast cancer, but I think now here you had a lump. You found mm-hmm. a lump, but you got, yes, yes, okay. Mm-hmm. So you have all that. You've been in poetry. You've been involved in the rap industry. You've been involved with Deaf Comedy Jam. You're involved with the NBA. So, but more than a lifetime uh, movie, I think your life is like a Bible character. Oh. If I could compare you to anyone, it would probably be Daniel. Someone who, you know, you said, and you brought a very powerful point, you know, the church kind of tries to stay to us instead of getting out there. And so you were mm-hmm. going, in essence, going out to the lines then figuratively. Uh, so how have you, I would say, maintain your faith walk while walking in these spaces that most people, uh, of that some people of faith would, would maybe, maybe demonize and most people don't get to walk in or afraid of? Um, be- okay, so because it's easier, I think it's easier when you're in, in that arena to keep to keep um, true to yourself. I think it's easier because you have, you always have something to prove and you always have some, you always have more eyes on you than usual. So if I am amongst my friends, my church friends, and you know, a lot of times it's um, because you're not trying to witness to your church friends. Like you're not trying to, whereas you're trying to bring a message to, to others. You're trying to bring a message to, to, you know, um, if I'm telling you about eating pork, the dangers of eating pork, um, I'm telling the, the public, let's talk about the public. We're talking about the public. I'm talking to the public about not eating pork. It's easier for me to, um, to state my case to the public and because they're always, look, they're looking at me like, okay, so now we're looking at you through, um, it's 2020. So I have to tread lightly. It's, I, I always found it, um, because I, ne- I never drank, right? And I always made it, I never drank. I'm 46 years old, never drank. Um, because I was always in an arena where it was such an abundance that I felt like if I, that, that first sip that I would take, people would be looking at me like, oh, but you said not to, but you're doing it. So it, it seems like I have to be that, that much more careful, <laughs> if I could say that. I have to be that more careful in that arena. And I think it keeps me grounded to be in that arena, to be honest with you. It keeps me, it keeps, it makes my walk that much more, um, like I'm more careful. I am, I really am. And I think that I'm more careful than I am. And then I would be if I was doing it in the church. I'm being honest, I'm just, because I know me. I'm being honest. Wow, I'll definitely have to agree. You, it's amazing for you to come and share your story, and it's every person who listens to this is going to be inspired by you. Uh, it seems like you mastered so many, you know, um, music career, like Evan said, and and sports and your ambition. My question to you is, what what would you like everyone who listened to this podcast to know about you and take from this? Um, to create your own path. So I never saw health being in entertainment. I never saw fly health at all. So health and fly and being fly was not synonymous at all. Um, and health and sports, even though 
sports should be synonymous with health. It should be. It wasn't. It wasn't for, um, it's health for them, um, except the NBA in, in the 80s, when we call it the, what the Coke era, <laughs> what was it, the, um, everybody was getting high. But um, <laughs> it wasn't synonymous. And I think that whatever you wanna do, whether you wanna, um, I think that you should you should um, be able to create your own your own path and not what which what is written for you, because I just created a position called Chief Health and Wellness Officer, and they're like, "What? What is that?" I'm like, "Okay, it's gonna be, it's gonna, it's coming to, it's, it's gonna come. You you watch, and then you're gonna see it in the NFL, and then you're gonna see it in the NHL." Um, to add to that, can you hear me? Okay. To add to that, um, I just turned down a position with a major league um, professional sports league and um, about two weeks ago. And it was, um, it was difficult for me because I, it was a lot of money, <laughs> like real talk. It was a lot of money. And, but doing, it wasn't doing what I wanted to do. It wasn't, it was doing health, but it seemed like it was, um, it was not gonna be beneficial to anybody at all. And um, so I just got to keep going until I can get what I what I want. Um, and even, you know, sometimes, you know, you don't do it for the money or you don't do it for the fame. You do it because you have a you have a, um, a mission. And I realized that um, going through two years ago, my car was repossessed. Two years ago, my mom was sick. She moved in with me. I quit my job. I was not doing anything. And I was um, I went through a financial financial heartache like I went through not having money um gas and electric being cut off and all of that stuff and this is at the age in my 40s after a long year after I'm on Dr. Oz I'm on you know doing all of this stuff and you know so it's it's not always about um the financial gain it's about um you got to look at the, the 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 long run or, or the the pot the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow rainbow <laughs> wow I really, really love that. Like, you know, we live in a society in an era where mm. Trump was able to buy votes for $1,200, you know, oh, wow. that, that little um, refund, not a refund check, the stimulus check. Oh, yeah, yeah. The stimulus. And so it is refreshing to hear that, you know, you have integrity. Like, it's not just about dollars and cents. It's not just about money. It's about, um, you know, pursuing actively pursuing what your life purpose, your mission is. And that cannot be understated because we live in a society where no one cares about that stuff. It's hard though. I'm not going like, to, I won't, <laughs> I won't front. Like I was like really sick. <laughs> I, was, wow. I was sick. I, shout out to Pam L. Um, shout out to Pam L. The former um, chief marketing officer of the NBA, who was mm -hmm. also my mentor. And she, <laughs> She, you know, I, t I tell people God sends angels in the um, form of humans every day to help people um, navigate through life. Like she's really an angel. And she told me, she said, Anthea, if you take that job, I don't care if they're paying you seven figures. You're gonna, you, your, your conscience will eat up at you. And this is not what I, I don't be. And she's always talking about like, oh, your belief, you, you know, people always say your belief you are like strongly rooted in your belief system. 
I think that this will go against your belief system. And um, for her to say that, sometimes I don't see it. Other people will, God will send people to tell you, like, this is what you need to do because you, you know, you ain't getting it right now. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Like, I can literally talk to you all night. Oh my God. <laughs> and just ask you about everything. Um, can you tell our listeners and mainly me, cause I'm trying to follow you too. Um, do you have social media handles, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, that our listeners can follow? So I'm, a, I'm laughing, right? <laughs> because I'm Gen X and Gen X is like social media. What's that? <laughs> okay. I digress. Um, <laughs> nurse no Nurse Noel underscore on Instagram. I'm I'm I am um present on there. I do post, but everyone's like, why do you only have 1800 followers? What is going on with you? And I'm like, listen, here's the thing, because I'm not strategic, I don't do the hashtags, it's not a science to me. Right. But um, and I mix my personal life with my with my professional life. So you're gonna you'll see um a whole bunch, you'll see me apple picking, you see a whole bunch of other stuff. But um it's um it's nurse noel underscore and i try okay. to be real I, I try to keep it real it's not um it's not all fluff like i was just on um i was just on the crying um the other day because my co-worker um at the hospital committed suicide so it's it's a lot of um it's not like oh nurse noel you know always poised and always you know it's not like that at all it's it's real it's um it's, it's a it's very um I'm very transparent on it so nice and that is exactly what we like and so um that's nurse noel underscore on mm-hmm. instagram that's me um nurse noel thank you so much for coming I feel oh, like you. we need to have you back um especially back when I get my position yeah <laughs> yes like I, I enjoyed this interview so much and and just your perspective and and you know just kind of your your core values thank you it's like i'm really connecting with it and i'm so happy that you came on um and hopefully we'll have you soon again thank you but if to answer your question i'm gonna have to go with the dallas mavericks right now because (laughs) because (laughs) sent marshall she's such she's she's such a woman of god like you don't see people in those positions constantly quoting scripture constantly in, embracing um her spirituality like you don't see people in women in a, you don't see people anyone man or woman but also she's a colon cancer survivor also and she um she's she's pretty dope so i will have to go with the dallas dallas Mavericks. <laughs> Good don't choice. Shake, don't shake Good your head. Good choice. Don't shake I mean, head. I like I'm I'm a Knicks fan, but I, I mean, I like Dallas. I like Dallas, so that's cool. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, once again, thank you so much. Um, our me. listeners will thank you when they listen to this interview. I thought it was dope, and I'm looking forward to having you um, okay. in the future. Thank you so much. Yeah, I would love to come on. Thank you for having me. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of A Lady and Some Dudes. Please remember to follow us, like, share. We are on Facebook and Instagram. Our Facebook handle is at a lady and that is the and sign, some dudes. 
our handle on Instagram is a lady and some dudes. Everything is spelled out. So that's a lady, A and D, some dudes. Until next time.